This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. Now, we have embarked on our premarital teaching, and the overall subject is, Are You Prepared for the Married State? And I'm in this section, the subsection of why and when premarital counseling. And we set out by making sure that you understood marriage is good. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing, and obtain the favor of the Lord. We saw also that marriage is honorable in all. Marriage is to be honored, to be held in honor. But we also understand that not all marriages are equal. Okay, so marriage itself in the institution is, is fine. But what we want to make sure is you understand when it comes to marriage, let me make sure we say this. We're talking to those who are not married. That, that, that's the point, right? Uh, people can glean from this, but the audience that we really want to reach are those who are not married. But the thing you need to understand is that when you're not married, you have to understand to enter into marriage, it's not to be taken lightly. It's not a light thing. This is, this is uh, it's not to be entered into lightly. That's the best way I can say that, right? And so when we looked at it, we said, okay, if that's the case, then we want to find out why we need premarital counseling, why we need premarital teaching. Again, this is just getting God's counsel on marriage before marriage. That's all this is. Nothing special about that. You know, we get that counsel when we come on Sunday mornings. We get that counsel when we come on family life class. We get that counsel when we come on Wednesday evenings. God has counsel for you wherever you are on a consistent basis. But why do we need to get premarital counseling? Why can't we just jump into marriage? We said there are four things that we, make, we want to make sure that you understand. First of all, you need to know how to choose. Choice is paramount. You need to know what you're signing up to. You need premarital teaching because God hates divorce. And you need premarital teaching because you need to be prepared. And so we have looked at the importance of choosing. Why do we need premarital counseling? We saw in Genesis, God established a pattern. Now, God had every intention of Adam being with Eve. God knew when Adam was by himself, Eve was going to be his. God knew Eve was suitable. God knew Eve was the one. God knew Adam was for Eve and Eve was for Adam. So he knew what he was doing. But we recognized there was, a, there was something that happened between Adam being alone and God bringing Eve before Adam. God, knowing Eve was for Adam, needed Adam to identify what constitutes suitable before presenting Eve to Adam. In other words, God says, I need you to be able to choose. I know what's good for you, but you need to know what's good for you. Oh, don't you love that? God is like, I'm not forcing Eve on you, Adam. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. I, now I'm talking to those who are unmarried, but those who are married, you get my drift. No one forced you to be married. It was your choice. So before you make a choice, you need to know how to choose. So God established the pattern from the beginning, even with Adam, before he brought Eve to Adam, that Adam, you need to know how to choose. And with this in mind, we said, well, remember, we're talking about why and when. So when do I need to get premarital teaching? Before I bring somebody to God and say, I, I, I'm going to marry him. 
you get the, you, you understand this. This is how God set the pattern. Adam didn't know Eve was out there. Adam didn't know Eve was coming. But God gave counsel knowing Eve was on her way. So before I even have somebody to say, I want to marry, I need to be getting God's counsel on marriage. So we said, how do we choose? You choose by establishing standards that are non-negotiable. You can't back off of these. These are must-haves. These are requirements. They must be born of God's spirit. They must be committed to Christ. They must be a person faithful to God. Those are the standards. Now you can have your preferences and make sure that you distinguish your preferences from standards. See, standards are those things that God requires. Preferences are the things that you think you require. Now standards are non-negotiable. Preferences, they are. Well, I want somebody of this economic status. See, that's a preference. God didn't make that requirement. I want somebody with this eye color. You know, that's a preference. <laughs> They've got to have this kind of degree. That's a preference. But the standards always start with godly standards. They cannot be compromised. Again, we understand no one's going to be perfect. But they must meet the standards. I believe we entertain too many people that don't meet the standards and we end up thinking that we're more, more invulnerable than we are. And then we end up giving our heart to someone we never should have gotten started with. But it happens. Again, the choice is yours. Remember, I said you can get married and be ignorant of how to choose. You can get married, be ignorant of what, uh, what you're signing up to. You can, you can get married without respect for God's attitude toward divorce, but you're going to be responsible. Then we said, why do we need premarital counsel? Because we don't want to be like James and John. We want to know what's in the cup. We want to know what we are signing up to. Remember, James and John came to Jesus and said, we want to sit on your left hand and your right hand. And Jesus said, you don't know what it takes. They said, we do. He said, well, you'll get <laughs> what it takes, but you may not get what you want. Oh, that's powerful to me. Remember the young and the restless? So anxious to get what they think they want. So convinced that they know what it takes to get what they want. But you have to recognize we are visible people. What we do is we see and we want what we see. But we don't know what it takes to get to the point that we see. And that's what Jesus was warning them about. That's what we're trying to counsel you concerning. There's more to it than just saying I do and kissing and staring into one another's eyes. There's a mixture in that cup. And I told you at that time, this is why we need to know what's in the cup because some of us made up our mind even before there's anybody that's interested in us, I'm going to get married. Well, you need to know what it takes. See, because once you know what's in the cup, you know what kind of person you need to be. You know what kind of person you require as well. See, that helps you choose once you know what's in the cup. And I didn't go into uh, detail on the notes on what's in the cup because there's so much in there. <laughs> and I, I want to make sure that I make this plain and clear to you. I'm sorry, I'm seeing the current time on the clock, just to let y'all know. I want to make sure that this is plain and clear to you. That what's going on 
is that, I want to say this right, people have luggage. You have luggage, whoever you involve yourself with will have luggage. And the baggage that the party that you enter into this covenant with brings to that covenant, it becomes your property. You understand that? It becomes your property. Here's the thing you need to understand about it becoming your property. Sometimes they don't reveal the luggage that they carry. Just say amen, just for the sake of saying amen. Just, 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 just make a brother happy. Sometimes some baggage is held outside of your view on purpose. That's why you need to know who you're marrying. You know, all these, well, I've known them for a month and I get married. You know, the choice is yours. It really is. I'm, I'm, and you will be responsible for that. But once that baggage becomes yours, listen to this. This is, oh, wow, how do I say this? I think I jotted it down. Oh. Hmm. Your anxiety will work against you. And again, God will respect once you say, I do. But you being ignorant of what's in the cup once you get married will be a source of stress in your marriage. I'm trying to counsel you. I'm trying to give you sound, sage advice. Your anxiety will cause you to get involved with things that you had no idea you were getting involved with. But once you are involved, remember, you will be held responsible before God to maintain that covenant. And so this is why you can't be too anxious. That's why you can't be in a hurry. No one's saying you can't marry them. Someone is saying you need to know what you're getting into. You need to know what they're bringing to the table because that baggage that they have will be your baggage. It will have your name on it. Some baggage is small. Some bags are larger than others. You know, we mentioned about finances. You know, uh, depending on what kind of trouble they're in financially, they're still going to be baggage. Some people have strongholds in their lives. It's going to have your name on it once you say, I do. Some people have mental hangups. That's going to be your baggage once you say, I do. Not saying, Pastor said it last Sunday. No one's saying you can't get married. We just don't want you going in, nose wide open, mind closed shut. And once you go in, understand this in every marriage, when you make a good choice, there's still a mixture in the cup. When you know all the baggage that you sign up to make your own, there's still good days and there's still bad days. But heaven forbid that you go in blind, ignorant to things that will impact you for the rest of your life, that you have to struggle with. See, this is why we said you need the fruit of the spirit regardless. <laughs> You're gonna need patience. You're gonna need long suffering. You're going to need temperance. 
All of that is going to have to come. You're going to need love. So make sure. Oh, we're going to talk about that today. Make sure that it is a covenant of love because you will be tested. Amen. But if you love and your love is true, what's the test? You ever had a class you just loved? You didn't mind the test, did you? Because you love that material. Now, other classes you didn't care for, oh my goodness, I don't want a test. I hate the test. Why do we have to have a test? Make sure you know what's in the cup. <sighs> Remember, their baggage will be yours. Now, turn to Malachi chapter 2. Malachi chapter 2. So, why do I need premarital counseling? I need to know how to choose. I need to know what I'm signing up to. And because God hates divorce. Now, I will tell you this. I have no intentions of touching, uh, at least for this session, you need to be prepared. Because that's our overall subject. You should be hearing it throughout the whole of this teaching. And we'll get a chance to, uh, throughout this teaching, we'll get a chance to concentrate on that. But make sure, again, we want to make sure you understand this. We're not asking you to be perfect. That is an unrealistic expectation. We're not asking you to wait till they're perfect. That's an unrealistic expectation. What we want you to do is sign up and be committed to what you signed up to. That's all. Simple as that. Well, and marry in the Lord. <laughs> That's what we want, okay? That's what we want. We, we want. we want your marriage to be solid. We want your marriage to be strong. We don't want to sit up here and look at frustrated people who got married out of season and without counsel. It's a lot easier congregation to minister to when they're like that. But Malachi chapter 2. Look at this at verse. Thirteen, And we're going to drop in the middle, really, of this conversation. Can I call it that? It's really a one-sided conversation. God, I'll say it this way, has controversy with his people. And he's addressing them. So we're in the middle of this, and we'll just drop in because we want to get to a certain point. Verse 13. God is speaking, and this have ye done again. Covering the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping, and with crying out insomuch that he regardeth not the offering anymore or receiveth it with goodwill at your hand. God is saying, I'm, I'm tired of you and your sloppiness. I'm tired of you and crying and slobbering, nose running and crying out to me. That's hard to hear when you, you think you're his people. Again, verse 13. This have you done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping, with crying out. It's so much that he regards not the offering anymore, or receiveth it with goodwill at your hand. Verse 14, yet ye say, why God, wherefore? Here's God, because I've been watching. Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. And I like it. Yet is she thy companion. I didn't force Eve on Adam. 
Yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. See, she's the one that you chose. And you haven't been dealing right. God calls unfaithfulness treachery when it comes to marriage. Verse 14 again. Yet ye say, wherefore? Because the Lord hath been witness. The Lord has been witness. You know, will you be a witness at my wedding? God says, well, I'm a witness. I may not be on the official documents, but I was witness. Like I was witness on the date, I'll be witness on the days after. Yet ye say, wherefore, because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously, Yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. And did not he make one? God just speaks. Okay. He just speaks. He said, now, now, who instituted marriage? Isn't marriage my institution? Did not he make one? Yet had he the residue of the spirit. Again, his speech is, residue means excellency. Yet had he the excellency of the spirit. In other words, I knew what I was doing. Did not he make one yet had he the residue or the excellency of the spirit and wherefore one? Why did he institute this that he might seek a godly seed? Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. I've got to take my time there because you need to understand what he's saying. He's saying I instituted marriage that I might get godliness out of the institution. So how can you and your treachery produce that which is godly? And did I not make one? There's a reason, there's a purpose behind the institution of marriage. And it's not so you can act foolishly. Verse 15 again, did not he make one? Yet had he the excellency of the spirit. And why one? That he might seek a godly seed. Therefore, that's why I'm a witness, take heed to your spirit. Let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. For the Lord... The God of Israel saith that he hateth putting away. For one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously or unfaithfully. The Lord God of Israel saith that he hateth putting away. Make sure you understand this. Divorce means cutting off are putting away. So when he says he hated putting away, he's saying, I hate divorce. Now, let me give you a lesson, <laughs> Greek and Hebrew lesson. Hate means hate. It means hate. I, there's no other way to say it. Look it up and find out what it says. It's going to say hate. I did this before. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to do it now. So this is an example of what I did before. I said, turn to the neighbor that you have next to you in your seat and tell him I hate you. Ooh, when people after said, I can't do that. I know, because that's one of the strongest words in the English language. And it's strong. I won't even say powerful. It's strong because of the severity of that word. Even doing it as an example, you're like, I, I'm not, uh-uh, I can't, no, I can't do that. It's not a curse word, but it seems like you are. 
But that's God's attitude. See, this hate is the same hate he uses when it comes to if you were to turn to an abomination or to an idol. He hates that. That same attitude he has toward idolatry, he has toward putting away. He has toward divorce. Let me make sure I say this. <clears throat> this is one of the reasons why I got to make sure that I say this. It's because when I say this, I mean, I say that we're ministering to the unmarried. All right? Because some people have been married and are now divorced. And that, there's a different message. But I need to make sure you understand this. God hates divorce. God doesn't hate the divorcee. God hates divorce. Getting a divorce does not make you a sinner. But God hates divorce. Huh. Once married, you're to stay married. Why? Because God hates divorce. And as a lover of God, you know what you hate? You hate what he hates. And you might take it lightly now, like I can get out of it. No, but if you're a lover of God, you will not want to be involved with anything that he hates. Not that he hates you. Not that you become some kind of sinner or heathen because of it. But you hate to be associated with the things that he despises. In other words, it's not what God intended for his institution. You've got to get America out of your mind. And I'll tell you right now, a bunch of heathen get married. There's no wonder there's a bunch of divorce. But it should not be so among us. They're ignorant. They're spiritually discerned. They don't know him. But here you are. The spirit of God dwells on the inside of you. And let me tell you, God gives his counsel. And that anointing is at work in the preaching and in the hearing. And then for you to make a bad choice. Let me go forward. Oh, there's some things I want to say, but let me go forward. The Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away. This next statement gets me to, for one covereth violence with his garment. This is the best way I can think of expressing this to you to make sure you understand. I'm a smell person, okay? When I say that, I mean I pick up on smell, smell sometimes a little bit too easily. And I don't like bad smells. But I believe this is one smell nobody likes. A dead animal that's been rotting in the same place lets off a smell that is unmatched. I know people, I look at people like, yeah, ugh. Just the thought of that. Have you ever been in a place where maybe there's been a dead animal stuck somewhere you can't get to? And let's say someone pulls out the air freshener. And they spray the air freshener. Just won't work. Let's get some expensive perfume. <laughs> the real stuff. Put it out there strong, but it's not strong enough. God says, I smell that dead rat no matter what you spray on top of it. I still smell the funk. No, no, you don't get that, do you? I don't care if legally you are divorced. It still stinks to me. 
it still smells to me because if there is a cutting off if there is a putting away there's unfaithfulness and you can't cover unfaithfulness by your excuses you can't cover unfaithfulness because legally what do they ask they asked Jesus why didn't Moses allow us to get a divorce Jesus said it still stinks it's still strong I don't care what you spray over it Moses had to do it because you're gonna do it anyway and in all honesty he did it to cover the person that you're putting away so they don't leave without anything without any regard but all you're doing is covering violence with your garment and you think I don't see it you think I'm all right with it God hates divorce No legal document can cover that smell before God. So God hates divorce and all the actions that lead up to it. What you sign up for in marriage is what you are obligated to maintain. Again, I can't emphasize this enough. Whether you heard the counsel or not you say I do you're obligated whether the council was available to you and you just didn't go get it and then you say I do you're still obligated and God has just set you on notice I'm a witness and I'm not just a witness for the day I'm a witness for the duration this is a lifetime commitment. <sighs> Write these scriptures down. You can go to them. I'm not going to go to them. Romans chapter 7, verse number 2. Basically says, you're free if they're dead. <laughs> that means this is a lifetime commitment. Mark chapter 10. I believe the first nine verses, that's when, I believe that's when they asked Jesus, what, what about Moses and him allowing us to get a bill of divorcement? He said, you hard-headed people. We gotta, we gotta allow some things with you because you're hard-headed. But from the beginning, it was not so. And what God has put together, let not man put asunder. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter seven, this familiar passage of scripture, Paul tells you, that God commands once you're married don't depart it's a lifetime commitment so with this in mind when do I need counsel I need counsel before I make a choice I need counsel after I've gotten engaged and get this, even though it won't be premarital this time, I need counsel after I say I do. Why? Because remember in the cup, the unknown. Even though I didn't say it as a line about what's in the cup, challenge is in the cup. Everything I told you was about challenges. And in the time when I'm challenged, you know what I need? I need the word of God. I need the counsel of God. I don't need to say I know what to do. I need to go to the one who has the answer. 
and let him guide me through. So I, I and I, you know what that sounds like? I need counsel all the time. <laughs> that needs to be my norm. That needs to be my regular. See, but when you make a, when you have that standard that's already set, well then they're on the same wavelength as you. It's my regular, it's your regular too? All right, this is something that we can look at further. Too many times we get ourselves involved with people who have no regard. I'm telling you, make sure you have a test for them. Make sure you have a test for them. It's so easy to show up to church when I'm interested in you. Don't play the fool. Please don't play the fool. Amen. Let me, let me keep moving forward. So then, here's a question I think that people might have. Do I make no provision for if it doesn't work out. Say I do, do I not make any provision? Now, I'm not gonna get too detailed into this, but you need to understand this. When you enter into marriage, you're entering into a vow. You're entering into a covenant. You're entering into a commitment. This means, because it's a commitment, this means I'm dedicating my total self, all of my resources that are at my disposal to be faithful to my decision and my choice. Hear this. Do I not make any arrangements? Do I not do anything to, to, to in case it doesn't work out, do I not do anything? Well, you're making a commitment. And the commitment says, I'm giving the total of myself. I'm giving every resource that is at my disposal, and I'm going to be faithful. No, you don't hear me, do you? You're saying, I'm all in. I'm all in. You're putting all your chips on the table. Oh, you play poker? I, I don't, but you know what I mean. You're putting all your chips on the table. You're saying, everything I am. Everything I bring, everything I will gain, everything I have, everything I will come into possession of, I lay it all out on the table for you. I'm all in. I'm making no provision because I have no mind that I'm not, not going to be faithful and you're not going to be faithful. Marriage is not to be taken lightly. This is why you need to understand your love has got to be true. Your love has got to be real. You've got to be through considering anybody else. Because challenges do occur and you want to cement your position, here you are. You got someone you want to marry and you say you love them. And you know challenges are going to come, but you want to cement your love position. Then you choose to make a commitment. That's what marriage is about. I'm cementing my position with you. What you're saying is that your love is stronger than the challenges that can arise. You're saying that your love is stronger than any challenge 
that can arise. But you know challenges are going to come. You know that, right? But you're saying, I want to cement my position. I want you to know how much I love you. Challenges are going to come, but I'm proving to you by saying I want to marry you, by saying I do, I don't care what challenges come, I'm going to love you. You're saying tomorrow. See, see, we lived in, yesterday is gone. And we're loving today, but tomorrow's coming. And you're saying tomorrow, no matter what it brings, is not able to prevent me from loving you. Ooh. Did y'all hear that? Y'all didn't hear that. Let me say it again. You're saying in this commitment that I don't care what tomorrow brings. Tomorrow's going to bring something. You know tomorrow's going to bring something. You don't know what tomorrow brings, but you know it's going to bring something. And you want to cement your position, so you say, I don't care what tomorrow brings. It can bring whatever it wants to bring. It will not stop me from loving you. See, I'm all in. Y'all aren't hearing this either. Are scriptures not coming to your mind? Who shall separate you from the love of Christ? Then he starts talking about tomorrow. Shall tribulation, see, because we might be all right today, but tribulation might come tomorrow. Shall tribulation, if tomorrow brings tribulation? No. What about distress? What if tomorrow brings distress? Will it be able to separate you from the love of Christ? No. It could be tribulation, could be distress, could be persecution, could be peril, could be nakedness, could be famine, could be the sword. Will that separate you from the love of Christ? Oh, is that strong? You're not hearing this, do you? He's saying, I'm all in. He's not talking about you loving him. He's talking about him loving you. What if he made provision? Father, can I get an out? Because these people can sometimes act crazy. But Jesus said, no, 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 I'm all in. Oh, and the writer goes on to say, tomorrow might bring death, but that won't change it. Tomorrow might even bring life. That won't change it. Death, life, angels won't change it. Principalities, powers, things present, things to come, they won't change it. No height, no depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. I wonder where he got married from. Don't you hear him say now, God hateth putting away because that's not the kind of God he is that's not how he's dealt with you you're saying tomorrow no matter what it brings might be good days might be bad days might be health might be sickness might be better might be worse but baby I love you so much I don't care how worse gets nothing will be able to separate you for my love. In this commitment, you willingly forfeit. Ooh. If someone gave you a document, you know how we like to do it in America. It's a free society. I can do what I want to do. No, in marriage, what you're going to do is you're going to forfeit whatever legal document, whatever claim you have to any other option. Oh, hear me out on this. You're saying 
You're cementing your position. You're doing it before God as a witness, before others as a witness, that I'm going to love them no matter what, no matter what tomorrow brings, because too many times this happens. Man, if I had known it was going to be like this and there were other options out there, no, 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 no. Once you say I do, you burn option out of your vocabulary. Oh, oh, get this, get this. Once you say I do, you can never, no longer talk about a bad choice. See, because now you're, you said I do, and you said my choice is my choice. So change that bad choice to my choice. I made a my choice. Why did I make my choice? <laughs> Once you're married. Now before you're married, there are bad choices out there. Avoid the bad choices. See, Ahab with Jezebel, Ahab after he said I do couldn't say, well that was a bad choice. He was like, no, that was my choice. I'm not calling your potential spouse to be Jezebel, so don't. <laughs> Sometimes you got to say things like that because I understand when a man loves a woman, she can do no wrong. <sighs> if you know what's in the cup, you move forward and commit yourself in marriage. You have witnesses. You get a legal certificate to further witness of your decision. You're now responsible before God and man to work it out. I'll touch on this, but this is why this is one of the things that you need in order to be prepared. You got to be mature. Marriage is not for babies. Marriage is not for children. Marriage is not for the silly. Marriage is not for the foolish. This is a serious commitment. And this is why marriage is good. Because it reflects Christ and the church. It's a witness in itself. This is why you cannot compromise your godly standards of choosing. You can't compromise them. A person who, can be, a person who cannot be faithful to God is subject to not be faithful and committed to you. See, when they're not committed to God, tomorrow becomes a lot tougher. becomes a lot tougher when you don't know God. When he's not saying, that's my friend. Let me tell you, I think we said this is in the cup. You're going to need to pray. <laughs> whether your choice was the best or whether your choice was, uh, uh doesn't matter. You're going to need to pray because challenges will come. You will be tested. But when a man or a woman is a friend of God, they can make it through tomorrow. But to get married to someone who doesn't know the true and the living God, it gets tough. Not impossible. It just gets tough. And at those moments, remember, that was my choice. Likewise, a person who's committed and restrained by the love of God 
they'll mean what they say. Their yay will be yay. Again, I'm ministering to the unmarried, but those of you who are married, you ought to thank God for your spouse. You ought to thank God for those who committed and have kept their commitment. I know that there have been times you've gotten a little bit too familiar with them and talk about what they could do better, but you better thank God of what they have done. They've stayed. They've remained. Trust me, you gave them reason to think. <laughs> you gave them reason to ponder, but they went to their prayer clause and they found the strength of God. We're going to work this thing out. We're going to keep going. Amen. Don't shout me down. Don't shout me down. <laughs> How do I even say this? All right. And I want to make sure you understand this because sometimes we are goofy spiritually. And we'll say, well, God will cover me if I make a bad decision. <sighs> no. I'm sorry, no. Someone will say, are you saying that God won't, God won't protect me from my bad decision? Once you make a decision, it's your decision. God is going to deal with you after you made your decision like he did before you made a decision. Listen to me. He sends his word to heal you. There are people who, for whatever reason, think that they can make it without the counsel of God, and they call themselves the people of God. And what God does is he, he sends his word to heal you whether you show up or not. Whether you take heed or not. But you and your young and restless self, you go and you enter in thinking, I know I can take the cup. And you get into it, and it gets hard. It gets difficult because your track record has been, to, has been to exclude God, but God has been there all along. And after you make your decision, it is your decision, you are committed before him, he's not trying to get you a way out. He's trying to give you a message to endure. He's trying to send his word to heal you in your decision of what it's going to take for you to maintain your commitment. And if you weren't listening before, there's a good chance. I'm not saying that it's going to be the case. There's a good chance you might not listen after. And I'm going to tell you right now, nobody should marry you. Again, don't shout me down. Now. I know I'm preaching real good right now. This is good stuff. <laughs> nobody should marry you without any respect for the counsel of God. Oh, I pray God gives them divine insight not to marry you. Amen. Brother, Brother's Cole, you know what? I'm going to stop right there. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. Thank you.